Golden State Warriors basketball. Shoots over Danny Green. Rainbow! Nothing but net! How did he do it? The fifth three-point shot of the night for Steph Curry. This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. Lawson back to play Thompson into traffic. Stolen by Curry. Curry on the break. Hustles to the front court. Takes a three off the dribble. Oh! Kidding me! Are you kidding me? Unbelievable! Here is Curry, far sideline. The Thompson to Barnes. Fakes Randolph, puts it on the floor. Oh, oh. and the dunk! Are you kidding me? The Black Falcon flying high, throwing it down hard over his head. And Golden State leads by 12. It seems like just a few days ago, we were hearing plays like that and talking about can the Warriors get to the Western Conference Finals. They fell short in round two against the San Antonio Spurs, the team that would go on to represent the West in the NBA Finals. But what a great year 2012-2013 was. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Roy. And 2013-2014 is upon us. We are less than 24 hours from opening tip when the Warriors take on the Los Angeles Lakers at the best atmosphere in the NBA, and that is Oracle Arena. Welcome to the Warriors Weekly Radio Roundtable. It's show number one of the 2013-2014 season. I'm excited for the start of the regular season. I know you are. It's one of the most anticipated Golden State Warriors seasons ever, and it should be. The Warriors have added all-star Andre Iguodala, one of the premier defenders in the NBA, as well as veterans Jermaine O'Neal, Maurice Spates, and Tony Douglas. There were a couple of players from last year who are no longer with the club. Jared Jack is in Cleveland and Carl Landry in Sacramento. But this core of young talent including Harrison Barnes, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, David Lee, and now Andrew Bogut in the fold for a few more years. This may be the start of a run that Warrior fans will talk for decades to come. Now, coming up on tonight's show, we'll hear from the head coach, Mark Jackson, along with many of your favorite Warriors as they look ahead to what should be a dynamic season. We'll find out more about the NBA this year with a couple of scribes who have covered the NBA for a long time. Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports and Chris Ballard of Sports Illustrated, who wrote a recent an article about the Splash Brothers, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, that is in their NBA preview edition. I'll answer your questions on Twitter at Warriors Vox, Warriors V O X. And even though Steph Curry has not been named an All Star in the NBA, he is an All Star off the floor. All that coming this hour on the Warriors Weekly Radio Roundtable. It's show number one of the 2013-2014 season that starts tomorrow night at Oracle Arena against the Lakers, and all fans in attendance will receive an opening night t-shirt courtesy of City National Bank. Limited tickets still available. Secure your seats tonight at warriors.com slash dynamic. When we come back, you'll hear from the Warriors as they get ready for the season. Right here on KBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Lee wrestles away the rebound, leads a three on two, finds Bogut running the floor, and he throws it down with two hands. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. These fans don't want to go home. That's pretty cool. Very cool. I think it's very cool. Last year, the Golden State Warriors 47 and 35 
finishing number six in the Western Conference, upset the Denver Nuggets despite the loss of all-star David Lee. And then on to the San Antonio Spurs in what was a very competitive series, the Warriors losing in six games. Head coach Mark Jackson is getting ready for his third season as the 24th coach in franchise history at the season of high expectations. Earlier during training camp, Jackson talked about what he likes about this group of Warriors. Watching these guys continue to come in a month early, bodies in shape, the right mindset, holding each other accountable. They didn't lay on what we were able to accomplish last year. And um, very excited about what, what, what this season is going to bring. This year's training camp not only featured the usual assortments of uh, two-a-days and, and hard practices, but it also had a trip to China that came right in the middle of training camp. The Warriors went to Beijing and Shanghai to play the Los Angeles Lakers two games and also promote the NBA. Job well done. The team did come back a little fatigued and was evidence in their final two preseason games. This weekend, the head coach was asked what the focus is as they get ready for tomorrow night and opening night. Just continue to work on our rhythm. Offensively, defensively, understand, you know, clean up some of the mistakes that we've made in the preseason. We've got to understand everybody's role, which will be made plain and simple where everybody understands it. We'll know who's on board and who's not. One of the reasons the head coach talks about rhythm is that the club has added some new players, including Andre Iguodala, one of the great defenders in the NBA. But the 47-win season, the playoff appearances, the addition of Iguodala, as well as other veteran depth, has created some expectations for this Warrior squad. Steph Curry spoke with me earlier in training camp and talked about how there's a different feel around the Warriors this season. There's kind of a different buzz in the air. Um, you have your team meeting before training camp starts, and coach kind of lays the groundwork for what the season's going to be like and expectations. Uh, you know, once you step on the floor, you know it's different because it's, it's go time. We're putting in plays. We're competing and uh, we're getting back in shape for, for the season. What are your expectations? Just to keep, keep getting better as a team and individually. We have great talent, but um, it's a matter of you know, just being a, a hard-working unit from top to bottom uh, from day one and I think things will kind of take care of themselves as we go through the season uh, with you know how disciplined we are and and uh, the mindset we have going into the season. As one of the leaders on this team, do you have to kind of help set that tone as well? For sure. Um, we got some new faces on the team, some rookies. So to be one of those guys that's going to push the tempo, you know, pump up the atmosphere, uh, get guys going, and and uh, you know be out front when. We start drills and things like that, just showing how hard we need to work and the energy we need to put into it to to get a uh, you know get the job done. Let's talk about the team for a moment. It's going to be different this year. You know the Warriors made a name for themselves. You made a name for yourself last year. A step forward. You averaged 22 points a game. The great postseason run. Uh, teams will be ready for the Warriors this year. Well, they will. Just like we were ready for other teams last year. So uh, we will you know, keep that same mentality. Try to take care of home home court advantage when we when we have the chance and um, just outwork teams. That's a what we're going to hang our hat on this year. We got a lot of talent, but it can only take you so far. You got to grow as a team, be disciplined, and, and outwork uh, your opponent. 
The expectations are also high for Steph himself. That after hitting 272 three-pointers, an NBA record last year. And, of course, his big night at Madison Square Garden, scoring 54 points, as well as his playoff appearances and playoff magic. Alongside the fellow Splash brother, Clay Thompson, who would have set a franchise record for three-point shots had it not been for Steph Curry. Clay is eager for the test that lies ahead for this year's Golden State Warriors. What's your mindset heading into this season for you? Oh, for me, you know, just to compete, try and be the best two-way player I can be. Uh, you know, I want to, I try to pride myself on my defense and hopefully, you know, continue to go on that end and get recognition for it. What was your main takeaway from the Spurs versus the Warriors second round of the playoffs? Man, uh, my main takeaway was just, uh, you know, what I have to work on. You know, um, the Spurs try to take away my jump shot a lot. So it's obviously I worked on putting the ball on the floor and, you know, my mid-range game and finishing around the rim. And as a team, I took away, you know, uh, we're just scratching the surface we, what we can be. You know, we were out there without our all-star David Lee, and we were still, you know, giving the Spurs all I can handle, and that was, and we're still in infancy with this team. That was our first playoff experience together. It's, it's a series and also a postseason to put the Warriors on the map. What's going to be the difference this year? Uh, you're no longer the hunters. You'll be the hunted. Teams are not going to lay down for you. feels great, honestly. You know, when was the last time the Warriors uh, were the hunted? You know, um, maybe back in one TMC days, or we believe, but other than that, it's been a while, so we just want to give the Warriors fans something to root for and show them that, you know, basketball is back in the Bay Area. Complimenting the Splash Brothers from a year ago was David Lee. And to say that he had a great year would be an understatement. He was in the top 50 in scoring, the top 5 in rebounding, and led the NBA in double-doubles. He sat down with Warriors television analyst Jim Barnett. David Lee, the All-Star, the first All-Star that the Warriors had since 1997. I'm going to first ask you, that's that's so special. I know you were an All-Star before in New York, but... To make the all-star team, and then you make all-NBA third team, a very elite group, you got to feel so good about that. I'll tell you, it's it's a great honor, you know, most you know, specifically because it means that our team has done something. You don't make those, uh, you don't make the all-star team, and, and and you don't make all-NBA if your team doesn't make the playoffs and, and doesn't have a successful year. And so it was great to go there and represent the Warriors the organization that's done so much for me, and it's great to. Uh, to go there and represent last year for the All-Star game and also uh, be in the record books and third-team All-NBA and, and uh, put the Warriors back in those categories. And I think we're going to have a lot of guys doing that these next few years. You led the league in double-doubles last year with 56. You're the only player to average 18 points a game, 11 rebounds, plus three assists. But with the roster that you have now that's healthy, and uh, Andrew Bogut's back, it's a deep roster, you could still have the same kind of season but not able to put up those numbers simply because you're a better team. Right, absolutely. I think it's going to be a more balanced approach this year for, for both myself and Steph, um, who had to put up you know a lot of minutes and a lot of numbers last year. Uh, I, I think that, that you don't even go into the season thinking about those things, though. Uh, you think about going and trying to be as successful as possible on both ends and, and uh, continue to improve, and, and, and we're starting that here in training camp, and whatever the numbers end up, they end up. And the most important thing is we find ourselves back in a, a good spot in the playoffs and ready to make some noise. Speaking of numbers, you know, I read blogs now and then. People talk about you playing too many minutes. You know what? I look back, and in New York, one year you played over 3,000 minutes. That was, albeit, 81 games. Last year you played 79 games and 2,900-something minutes. It seems like to me that you're used to playing a lot of minutes. I am. I am. I'm used to it. Uh, a lot of times in the past it was out of necessity, not out of, not out of luxury. Um, 
but like you said, we got depth this year, and, and I think that that's going to help all the way around. We have a lot of guys that are versatile that can play multiple positions. So um, while we want to keep you know uh, the best players on the floor, I think that Steph and I aren't going to have to play as many minutes this year, uh, you know, at least in design. And let's hope we stay healthy, and health is going to be huge for this team. But uh, I think I think with with more bodies, it's going to make us even that much more fresh come playoff time. You have a career field goal percentage percentage average of just under fifty four percent. You've always shot over 50% each and every season, eight seasons. And I'm, and I'm trying to dissect that because you do go out to the elbow. I know you don't take a lot of threes, but you go out to the elbow, and you also make a lot of moves inside, shooting left-handed and right-handed. How are you able to put the ball in the basket with that kind of consistency? Because, Dave, I, I, very few people, and, and I'm talking about from my era on, have been able to be that diverse. Well, uh, it was a lot easier when I was in you know first couple of years and all I was doing was dunking and laying the ball, and that was a lot easier to, to keep that field goal percentage up. You know, now, like you said, I'm shooting a lot of mid-range jump shots, uh, even even you know shots that are close to three-point range, um, and, and you know getting a lot of double teams and a lot of better defenders on me last year and the year before. Um, you know, it's uh, my biggest thing. I always try to concentrate on is taking good shots, taking quality looks, and um, and and you know let all that take care of itself. I think that. That uh, if I miss you know two or three jumpers in a row, then I think rather than being stubborn, a lot of times it's best to, to shot fake and, and get a better shot at the basket and maybe get to the free throw line, things like that. So everybody has off games and, and games where they can't miss, but I just try to be as consistent as possible because I think you know consistency is the toughest thing in the NBA over the course of a whole season is to to continue to take good shots and, and be efficient. Not only though are you a willing passer, you're a very good passer. Would that factor into you maybe giving the ball up at times and it keeps the defense more honest and so you can get better looks no i think i think unless you're on you know there's maybe three four players in the in the nba that you know uh that a guy like a kobe bryant is going to you know probably take a, a ton of shots and and make a lot of tough ones but i think a team like ours um the most effective way we play is when all five guys are involved when we're moving passing setting screens uh, everybody's getting looks, everybody's playing to their strengths offensively. I think that's when we're most effective. Lee's banner season one of the major reasons why the Warriors won 47 games a year ago. The challenge for general manager Bob Myers was how to add a quality piece to make this team better. He hit a home run. He landed Andre Iguodala, a player that not only is happy to be with the Golden State Warriors, he wanted to be a Golden State Warrior. And Bob Myers called that moment transformative for the franchise. Iguodala also spoke with Warriors television analyst Jim Barnett. All the years in Philly, I believe it was eight, and then you spent that one year in Denver. Um, Warriors are very happy that you uh, wanted to come to Golden State, and uh, it, it would, could not have happened, but the Warriors made a deal and had a team take off $20 million in their salary to, uh, to open up some, some space there. But there's something about this team that people now see as a, as a real plus and a team for the future. Um, definitely, you know, we have a lot of great young talent. Uh, we have a lot of guys who work hard. So um, we're going to have some really good practices. And, you know, um, we have guys who could, you know, flourish and average 20 other teams, and we're going to be competing against each other every night. So we're going to get competition from each other in practice that we won't even see in the game. So it's going to be a, a plus for us. And, um, you know, we're looking to do some great things. What are you um, looking forward to? most about about this club is to, to keep it general um, you've got a big guy in, in, in Andrew Bogut you've got shooters in Thompson and, and Curry and obviously you're a premier defender you've been an NBA defender so you bring a little balance there um, but you can score and you pass the ball you average over five assists so 
to me, you're, you're going to compliment this team in a, in a great way. And uh, what, what do you like best about it? I just want to, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to just the fun, you know. And then um, what I've learned from different veterans, you just got to make the most out of the locker room moments and, uh, you know, uh, in a, on the road trips, on the plane. Those are the best parts of the NBA life, you know, just getting to interact with guys and just build lifelong uh, friends and uh, everlasting memories. Iguodala provides the Warriors with a player who will fill up the stat sheet and contribute on both ends of the floor and adding another willing passer to this mix of talented players. But you have to have a presence inside. The Warriors have that in Andrew Bogut. Now, Bogut recently signed a contract extension. We'll find out more about that when I answer your questions on Warriors Vox coming up in just a few minutes. But earlier in training camp, the buzz was Andrew Bogut came back in tremendous shape. I saw when you uh, spoke to the reporters on uh, media day, you said you had dropped six or seven kilos. That's exactly right, yep. Yeah, we're just trying to get America to catch up with the rest of the world and join the metric system. <laughs> it's a one-man crusade. He's trying to keep it going here. Uh, what was that like, though, for you? Because it was a summer where you weren't rehabbing, per se. You were kind of working out. That had to be a nice change of pace. It was great. Um, the first month or so, I rehabbed and, and kind of um, built up my sessions towards getting to 110%, and by August, uh, late July, I was already working out at full capacity, and it just felt great to come into the gym, spend 10, 15, 20 minutes, get, get myself loose, stretching, get my ankle loose, you get things loose, and then just going at it, you know, no restrictions. It, it just felt really nice, and, and not having a trainer there with a stop clock saying you can only do 30 minutes today or you can only do X, and, you know, it felt, it felt really good. You know, it's funny because I, don't, I think uh, some of our fans may not remember, but when you were playing with the Bucks, you, you could run the floor all the time. Yeah, I could. I could do a lot of different things, when, you know, when I was healthy. So it's not an excuse. I, I needed to get back to to getting, you know, the ankle as, as healthy as it can, can get. Um, and I'm at that point now. Uh, body feels great. I lost lost some lost some uh, pounds. I mean, the issue last season, I, I couldn't lose. I wanted to lose weight, but I couldn't because I, I couldn't do enough conditioning. Because you know, they're like you only do 30 minutes of on-court stuff, and then you know, it leaves it leaves a lot to, to, to try and knock out on the bike. So how do you feel when you look around this gym and, and see some of the guys that have been brought in for this year? The organization has been great. Um, they're going to continue to, to try and get better. Um, and it's, 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 a, it's a blessing to be part of an organization like this that that doesn't just you know um, go out there and just sign players for the hell of signing players. They do their research. They've got a smart analytical team that, that goes through things and addresses needs that, that they think you know we're weak at and what we need to get better at, and I think we've done that. And, you know, I like the balance of our team, even our bench. You know, our bench, our bench is going to be very, very good again this season, and hopefully we can have more success than we did last season. So with Bogut signed for the next few seasons, the Golden State Warriors can look forward to the start of this year. But maybe the X factor for the first of two months of the campaign might be the health of Harrison Barnes. He has not practiced since October the 7th when he had to leave a preseason game because of left foot inflammation. Barnes in training camp, though, came in with confidence when he sat down and spoke with Jim Barnett. Now in your second training camp, what is different for you than last year's training camp as a rookie? Comfort, for sure. I mean, just being out here, just being able to you know, play with guys that you're familiar with and be able to be coached by people that you know, it makes it just a lot easier and the transition's been smooth. What specific off-season uh, regiment did you have or drills that did you do that uh, you might not have done before? Just training a lot harder in the weight room. I think after going through last season, especially in the playoffs, you realize you know, it's a grueling season. 
you know, very hard on your body. So the biggest thing I try to work on was just my body getting ready for the season. How much basketball then do you play? I know you do a lot of drills and so forth, but how much basketball competition going up and down the floor? Is there much of that in an off season? I didn't spend a whole lot of time playing pickup games or you know playing a lot of one-on-one competitions. I tried to mostly just work on my skill work and just stay in the gym. So you've heard from the head coach, Mark Jackson, as well as the front six of his rotation and their thoughts on the upcoming season, the season that starts tomorrow night when the Warriors take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Five of their first to seven on the road, and Golden State's still waiting for Harrison Barnes to get back on the practice floor. Quick reminder, make sure you're at Oracle Arena for all the exciting moments of this upcoming season of Warriors basketball. The Warriors have over 14,000 season ticket holders and less than 100 season ticket locations remain. Don't miss out. Become a Warriors season ticket holder tonight. Go to warriors.com or call one gsw hoop and press option number one. So the season opens tomorrow night against the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm Tim Roy. It's the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. And when we continue, Steph Curry using his ability as a shooter to help those in need a continent away. On KMBR 680, the sports leader. <laughs> Jamming over Duncan. <laughs> Elevation sensation for Harrison Barnes. Golden State Warriors basketball. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Last year around the holidays, Warriors guard Steph Curry tipped off his 3-for-3 challenge. He donated three life-saving bed nets for every three-pointer he made during the season. Of course, he made an NBA record 272. The nets are critical for families in Africa because malaria kills more than 600,000 people worldwide every year, most of them are children under five. But Steph Curry not only donated the nets, he traveled to Africa this summer to help assist in putting the nets up. Just another reason, while Steph Curry is not an all-star yet in the NBA, he is an all-star off the floor. We just finished our first day of uh, visiting the refugee camps here in, in Tanzania. Uh, just a great day to, to see firsthand you know, how malaria has affected their lives and, and the, the steps they've taken to protect themselves. And that's why we're here to help you know, send out this bed net. So um, great eye-opening experience to start our trip and you know, even had some fun doing a little dancing and uh, shooting some hoops. So, you know, kids have a lot of passion for, for dancing and basketball, so uh, nice to see them in action. And... Nothing but nets. Being able to be a part of it's a humbling feeling, and hopefully we can do a lot of great work. So um, it's just a, a great to see all you guys here. Hopefully it'll be a great year. Hit a lot of threes and raise a lot of money, send a lot of bed nets over to, uh, to Africa this year. So just thank you guys for coming out. I was approached by the UN Foundation and, and nothing but nets to, to help you know, the cause. And we came up with the idea of just, you know, three-point shots, just donate three nets for every shot I make. And, you know, thankfully we picked the right year. Um, Obviously, the record and, and trying to get as much you know, publicity towards the, the effort as possible. It was, it was a good year.
try to use your platform as best you can. And, um, you know, a lot of people watch our games, and I may not be uh, as aware of, of the, the problem uh, of malaria and how preventable it is. And you know, we raised a lot of money, and we can't thank you know the fans and people who supported it enough for, for all they did this year as well. Golden State Warriors basketball. Play Thompson launches again and buries a three for White and for all the Clippers fans. Uh-oh, we got a shootout. Okay, Corral, here we go. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Time now to answer your questions on Twitter at Warriors Vox. It's Warriors V-O-X-I. Tim Roy, thank you for participating. We'll go to our, our first question. Mike Ramirez wanted to know about the thoughts of Andrew Bogut on signing his new contract extension with the Golden State Warriors, and we got the reaction from Bogut on the day he signed his new deal. You know, um, on the open market, you know, I could probably get more, um, but I think we came to an agreement that was fair for both parties. I mean, I had a sub-high year numbers-wise, but I feel like I helped the, the organization in the first round of the playoffs, and I feel like I'm a, I'm a leader vocally and defensively on this team. That's my main role. So I think that it's, it's, a, it's a number that, that's fair for both parties, and and it's an agreement that, that we're both happy to do. Last year, injuries kept Bogut to only 32 games during the regular season, but he did have 55 blocks, and that's why the head coach is pretty happy to have Bogut for a few more years. I'm extremely happy for him. Uh, well-deserved contract extension. It's great to know that he's going to be here, and that's not on his mind, not that it would be. Next, a Twitter question comes from the Boz. He wants to know, will the Warriors keep a close eye on Curry's minutes per game? And I think, obviously, they will. And I think one of the reasons why they went out and got the players they did in this offseason was to try to keep the front five from getting worn down over the course of the regular season, try to get their minutes down somewhat. Now, Steph's still going to play the Lions a share of the minutes at the point guard position. But I think having different combinations especially a guy like Andre Iguodala who can handle the ball, uh, that's going to keep Curry's minutes from getting out of control. And I think that's it's a great point, but I think it also goes back to how the Warriors were constructed in this past offseason. Now, let's move on to another one. Daniels on 209 wants to know, can they defend? Yes. But the biggest question is, what do they do with an offense when the shooting goes cold? Uh, that's a very good question, something we saw a little bit in the preseason. I think you got to find ways to get the ball in the hands of guys that can score, get them in their comfort zone. Uh, David Lee off a of pick and roll. David Lee with a little bit of an isolation. Steph Curry coming off a screen. Those are uh, plays I think you'll look for the Warriors to run uh, when they need a basket, and those are the type of go-to plays. They don't have the classic throw the ball down to the box and get something from from a player type of team right now. Now, Andrew Bogut could get that back. He's starting to get better and better at the box, getting a little more comfortable. It's been a couple of years since he's really had a chance to show what he can do down there. So they might get to that at some point. But I think right now it's still running a set play, trying to get a good look for one of their guys on the floor. We will answer your questions on every broadcast, whether it be uh, tomorrow night on opening night when the Warriors take on the Lakers or here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Just go to Twitter, follow me there, Warriors Vox, Warriors V-O-X, and we'll try to answer as many as we can. Don't miss the excitement of Warriors opening night. The opening night four-pack brought to you by Jack in the Box will feature the opening night matchup against the Lakers, plus the Spurs, the improving Toronto Raptors, and Dwight Howard and the Houston Rockets. Now, the opening night four-pack is only available while 
while supplies last. So secure your seats tonight at warriors.com slash mini plans. Warriors and Lakers tomorrow night, an exciting NBA season already underway. We will go to a couple of learned scribes to get their thoughts on what's going to happen this upcoming season. Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports, Chris Ballard of Sports Illustrated. As the Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Left side, Bogut, touch pass to David Lee. Two-hand, rim-racker for Lee. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. The Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues. Can the Miami Heat go for a 3 P? How quickly will Kobe Bryant come back on the floor? How will Dwight Howard Work with James Harden. These are all great questions. Not only the return of Derrick Rose as well in Chicago. Great questions that start the 2013-2014 campaign. Who better to inform us as to what's going to happen around the NBA than Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports. Hi, Tim Roy for Warriors.com and Warriors Radio, joined by Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports. We're getting set for the 2013-2014 season. Opening night, October 30th, the Warriors will entertain the Los Angeles Lakers. They open up with a back-to-back in the division, a home for the Lakers, and then at the Clippers in the first of two nights of the season. And, Mark, it's, it's amazing that the season is right here upon us, just a, just a few weeks away, a few days away, and... It, it's. I guess. I guess the first thing I would ask you is, what stories are sticking out for you? I've got a couple I want you to talk about, but what stories have have crossed your mind as we get ready for this season? Well, I mean, obviously Kobe Bryant's number one, especially with his popularity and at this stage of his career, you know how he comes back from this Achilles injury, um, how he comes back from these these knee shots that he had that are similar to Jermaine O'Neal. I'd like to hear you. Uh, Talk to Jermaine O'Neal about the knee procedure in Germany because he's, I think, one of only three NBA players that have had it done. So, you know, Kobe's certainly a story. Derrick Rose, how he looks when he returns, I think he's going to be sensational. And I think the third biggest thing is Dwight Howard. Just his whole uh, arrival in Houston and how he's going to be treated. He already got booed in the Philippines. <laughs> so I can only imagine what it's going to be like on U.S. soil. Um, in fact, he comes to L.A. the second week of the season, not to play the Lakers, but play the Clippers. So I'm, I'm going to be at that game, and I'm excited to see the, the reaction there. But I would say that those two, three, those three are the top storylines. Yeah, it's interesting when you mentioned Kobe, and just say that Kobe comes back, and he is the Kobe Bryant that we have seen, you know, over the course of his career. And granted, he's older; he's not the Kobe Bryant he was eight years ago, how good can that Laker team be? That's a good question. I mean, I went to one of their practices, and Kobe, Steve Nash, Paul Gasol, neither of them were practicing. And I walked in, and I'm like, wow, the best player on the floor right now is Steve Boy, Um Once you get past those three guys, their talent drops dramatically. A lot of journeymen, a lot of guys just trying to figure it out or looking for an opportunity is not a great team. Um, and with Kobe, even when he comes back, like how many minutes is he going to play? Uh, when you come back from an injury like that, I think you kind of have to look at Chauncey Billups' stats. You know, Chauncey wasn't playing big minutes. and he, he str- So there's going to be some struggle that comes with the injury. Now, Kobe's a different person, different, you know, monster. He's, he's, he's of a different way, and that's not the – down great Chauncey Billups. That's saying a lot. 
say that uh, with him being over Chauncey Billups like that. But he's human, too. And so I, I'd be surprised if Kobe averages 30 minutes a game, and that also is going to you know, play a role in how many wins and losses the Lakers end up having. But at best, I see them as a team that slides into the playoffs at the end. Now let's move on to Houston. You know, on paper, you look at them, wow, you know, you got Harden, you got Howard. But I just wonder about Howard. You know, I just wonder, you know, granted, I mean, he's he, when he's playing well, he's the best big man going, and, and he's yeah. strong, he's dominant, and everything else. But but I don't know. I, to me, it almost looks like that team has guys that were Dwight Howard should work on his passing because if he gets double teamed at the box, he's got some guys that can, can mm-hmm. shoot from the outside. But I don't know if, if, if that's his his style of game. I'm, I'm having a hard time visualizing how he fits in there. And, and how do you see it? Well, you know, uh, watching that first preseason game, I was actually pretty impressed. He looks healthy, and it, it appears that he's has spent some time with Kevin McHale and Akeem Olajuwon, and Akeem's working with the team more now. So, I mean, who better than those two guys to work with our post moves? The only other person you might want to talk to is Tim Duncan. But uh, he seems to have picked up something from them this offseason. And what he's doing more is turning and facing the basket, using his quickness. And if he plays like that, he's, he's going to be tough to deal with. So I actually envision a great season for Dwight because it seems like he's worked on things to improve his game. Now, I don't think his free throws are going to be much better, which is uh, certainly going to be a problem coming down a stretch for the Rockets. And I also wonder, as much as James Harden likes to put him up, you know, uh, how are they going to coexist if Dwight doesn't get the touches he likes? Because he never really appeared to get the, the touches he needed in Orlando and the Lakers. So I think at this point, he's got this money. He's the face of the Rockets now. He's going to want more. I'm curious to see how those two guys coexist. But from what I've seen so far, man, Dwight looks really, really good. Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports is joining us. I'm Tim Roy for Warriors Radio and Warriors.com. And, Mark, I, I look at the Western Conference. It, it, again, it's the same story every year. It's deep. It's got a lot of good teams. Uh, how do you see the West shaking out? And will, will we have, you know, a, a new team come in? Is, if Minnesota's healthy, are they good enough to get into the playoffs? What, what do you see with the West? I see Denver dropping. Um, I see Dallas probably being about the same. I think Memphis will dip because of the coach. I think the coach thing, another coach doesn't play, but losing Lionel Hollins, the team like that, that's kind of high-maintenance team, I think is going to get them to dip. So to me, probably the top four teams in the West right now, San Antonio, the Clippers, the Warriors, and Houston. What order they finish, I don't know. But but I envision those four teams, each of those four teams having a shot. Maybe not so much Houston. At least the Warriors, the uh, Spurs, and and the uh, Clippers having a shot at that top seed. I think the Warriors can be better than a lot of people think. Really? So you you brought up. So I'll, I'll ask you to follow up on that. And why why do you uh, see the Warriors being the top four? Or, you know, I think that the team is is very good. It's deep. Uh, and and they've got certainly a, a a number of weapons they can go to now. But but what are your thoughts and 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 why do you like them so much? Well, I mean now they've proven to themselves that they could be special, 
You know, they they show you know from the playoffs. So there's a different confidence. There's a different swagger with them no more. They're not. Uh, let's see what they could do. Now there's expectation. Um, this to me is the most talented Warriors team since Al Adels was coaching. Maybe I'm saying a lot, but I think their one through six is as good as anybody in the league. Um, big part of I think their success is Andrew Bogut now being healthy. I mean that's huge. Um, he is a help when healthy. He's a top five center in the league. He does a lot of things. He passes the ball well. He could make free throws, rebounds. He he affects the game in a lot of ways. They're a better team when he's healthy. Uh, David Lee is an all-star. Steph Curry will be an all-star. Harrison Barnes is is a great talent. Uh, Clay Thompson is okay with coming off the bench. I actually like Clay coming off the bench because he's such a great scorer. When you start taking the starters out, you need somebody to give you that that jolt of scoring off the bench. And with all the firepower in their starting lineup. I, I think he could be a Vinnie Johnson, Ginobili kind of guy, and he's told me he thinks he could be Ginobili. Um, but obvious, you know, we haven't spoken about Iguodala. And he, to me, is, is certainly going to be a, a great piece for this team because he does all the little things. Um, you you got to remember he was the anchor of USA Basketball's defense when they won a gold medal in London. Not LeBron, it was him. He was doing all the the hard guarding. He was a guy that they decided to keep over Rudy Gay. And uh, I, I think he, you know, with him even playing some point guard, gives him some versatility on lineups. He will be the person, along with their health, uh, that's going to take this team to an elite level. Interesting about Iguodala, what I've seen so far in the in the preseason mark is the fact that I think his teammates need to get used to the fact that he is such a willing passer, that he will yeah. get you the ball. And and I think his penetration, especially I, I saw it with Denver and with Philadelphia, if you run him in a pick and roll and he gets the ball to the middle, A, he's a great finisher, and then B, if, if you collapse on him, he's a willing passer. Uh, I, I just think that, that's, that when, when the core of the team gets used to how he plays, I think the ball's going to move very, very well. And, and I agree with you. The one thing when people were asking me about, oh, the starting lineup, I, again, I think people get hung up too much on the starters. If you have Clay Thompson coming off your bench, you're pretty good uh, yeah. because because <laughs> as we see, you know there are certain nights where you know he's going to carry you for a quarter and a half because he's just not going to yeah. miss. Yeah, I, I, again, I think I think they're going to be really good. I think there will be a, a feeling out period. I think at the beginning of the the season because they have new pieces in the rotation. Uh, but once they get that, I think it's going to be. Uh, I think the Warriors are going to be a team that that people aren't going to want to see. Always great to check in with Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports. Now let's move on to a Bay Area guy who has followed the Warriors for years. Chris Ballard has been a hooper since day one. He's also been a guy that's very familiar with the Golden State Warriors. He wrote a recent article about the Splash Brothers, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, in the NBA preview edition of Sports Illustrated. I had a chance to sit down with him during training camp to get his thoughts on the NBA and the Golden State Warriors. It's an exciting time to be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I grew up in the Bay Area, so uh, it's unusual to have expectations that people were trying to lower when you come to uh, to Warriors training camp. Uh, remarkable. This is the first day here for me, but uh, seeing no significant injuries other than Azili uh, and sensing the optimism and hearing it not just from people who are paid to be optimistic, but from everybody. 
Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that because uh, there are expectations for this team. The team did so well last year and, and had a great playoff run. But there's also the point now that, that teams will be ready for them. You know, they won't be the hunter per se. They'll be, yeah. They may be the hunted. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be interesting the first couple of weeks especially, right? And you see the, the team figure out rotations because if you're coming in with Harrison and Clay and Iguodala uh, and they're trying to figure out, okay, what's the best way to deploy these guys? Who's going to be our first unit, our second unit? So in a sense, Bogut coming back, being more of the offense, the Warriors will be figuring out their own chemistry, I'm guessing, the first couple of weeks. At the same time, the other teams are like, okay, now this is a team we got to beat. This is a big game. Probably more fans for those games. I think Steph Curry... And his playoff run will have created a buzz, especially on the road. Uh, and it's going to be probably exactly what they need. Uh, come out and realize more playoff-type atmosphere almost every time we play. And, of course, Steph in the backcourt with Clay Thompson, what an, an unusual pairing it is in this sense. They're both tremendous shooters. They're both, they both can score. But they're also both products of an NBA family. And I think that helps them in the grind and in the adjustment to the league. Yeah, it's funny. I was just talking to them about that. Uh, in one sense, it's such a huge advantage to grow up around the game like that, to grow up with uh, the means, the coaching, the role models, all those kind of things. Uh, at the same time, it's a disadvantage. Right? You, know, you go through a high school, I'm sure, being yelled at, you know, daddy's boy, that kind of stuff. Uh, I imagine once you get here and you are successful, having that to fall back on, uh, having that confidence, I think when you have parents like that, it's sort of instilled in you. There's no way to fake that. And both those guys, from what I can tell, have it. Uh, I think Clay's developing it more a little bit. I think Steph has some kind of innate thing that only uh, a few of the, the really top players have. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Andre Iguodala because he's the, the, the big name of the, of the signings. But I think the Warriors have done a great job in terms of adding pieces that will help them in their rotations. But what impact do you see with, with Andre here? Well, yeah, theoretically, he's the Jarrett Jack role, right? Uh, but he's such a better defender than Jarrett. So giving you the ability to, to guard wings like that. Um, Jarrett hit some huge shots last year, uh, but he made some bad decisions. Uh, I think probably Iguodala is less likely to make those bad decisions. On the other hand, probably less likely to hit some of those big shots. So that, that you're asking probably Clay to create a little more, maybe Harrison in those situations. Uh, Steph is a tremendous scorer, but that's not his forte, those late-game shots. Expecting him to do that. Uh, you know, maybe he develops that this year. So I think that's that's where we'll see how Iguodala fits in. Uh, everywhere else, it's a plus. He's a great rebounder, great defender. Uh, everything I've heard about him, great teammate. So uh, I can't imagine that not working well. Did you, in, in any scenario that you could put together for the Warriors start at the beginning of last year, did you see this coming together so quickly? No. I, don't, I think anybody who did would be lying, right? Maybe Mark Jackson said he did. Uh, I'm sure he did, actually, yeah. considering he guaranteed the playoffs before his first year. Uh, it's you know, so many factors coming together there, Steph being healthy, all that. Uh, Bogut is going to be fascinating this year. Oh, yeah. You know, Seeing him at his best when he was uh, in his prime a few years ago just had a complete skill set, You know, a very underrated passer. So what are the expectations now? What are the realistic expectations now? That's what I'd love to know. Yeah. Andrew Bogut, of course, an all-NBA player when playing for the Milwaukee Bucks and, and – the Warriors right now are right in the, the middle of the mix for the Western Conference, but the West, as always, it's, it's deep in good teams. You know, what about the rest of the, the top teams in the West? How do you see them fitting in? Well, it would be interesting. You, know, you look at the Thunder. Have they gotten appreciably better, or is that contingent upon how much 
uh, Westbrook and Durant continue to evolve, but they're already so complete as players, uh, at least within the relative to the rest of the NBA. So I'm not sure the Thunder, I mean, they're, they're still very good, obviously, and the Spurs are going to be quite good again, uh, as they are every year. I'll be curious to see losing Budenholzer and Brett Brown when your whole organization is built on culture and stability. How easy is it to replace that? And you're relying more on Kawhi Leonard this year. I think there's a little bit of a question mark as well. So, you know, theoretically, you start stacking the other teams, the Warriors could be a, a three or a four seed. How about Houston? Uh, you know, I'll be curious. That just doesn't look on paper like something that's going to work. I don't see Harden and Howard as an offensive match. Uh, I think Parsons is a glue guy for that team that will be huge. And if, if he can become someone who makes Dwight feel comfortable – um, both defensively and offensively, that could work. I think McHale probably helps there, but I can't imagine one season those guys gelling well enough to be a, a contender. I know, you know if you look at sort of the odds to win the NBA, I think their odds are, are better than a lot of other teams that I might place above that. Um, and Denver, yeah, it'll be interesting as well. They're sort of retooling a little bit there. Uh, after last season, if they'd stayed the same, I would have said that team's going to be more and more dangerous. Now I'm not sure. My thanks to Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports, Chris Bauer of Sports Illustrated. Hope that got you ready for the season, which is already underway. Those were just part of our conversations with Chris Bauer of Sports Illustrated and Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports. If you want to hear the entire interviews, go to the Warriors page on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash warriors, and you can go there and listen to any and all Warrior information, whether it be the interviews you hear here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable or interviews that the players and Coach Mark Jackson do after practices with the assembled media. It's all there on the Warriors page on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash warriors. The Warriors tip off tomorrow night, 7.30 out at Oracle, 7 o'clock our airtime here on KMBR 680. I, Tim Roy, back to wrap up the Warriors Weekly Roundtable after these words on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Draymond goes to work with three, with two, runner, right-hand flip on the rim, and down! Draymond Green! We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Well, for the first time this year, we can look ahead to the upcoming broadcast brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. The season opener, the home opener tomorrow night when the Warriors take on the Los Angeles Lakers. 7 o'clock is the airtime right here on KMBR 680. It's opening night brought to you by City National Bank. All fans receive an opening night t-shirt courtesy of City National Bank. No Kobe Bryant tomorrow night for the Lakers, but they still have the talented Spaniard, Pau Gasol. Right side, Gasol. Gasol thinking about a three, instead puts it on the floor, drives inside, beautiful ball fake, and then throws it up and in. Gasol has 15 points. The first home game followed by the first road game. After the contest with the Lakers, Golden State will board their plane and fly down to Los Angeles to take on a team that many feel could represent the West of the NBA Finals. It's Chris Paul and the L.A. Clippers. Chris goes to work from the line, dashes down the lane, puts up the shot, counted out a foul! He's done it again! Tune in Halloween night, 7 o'clock, Warriors and Clippers, as Golden State hopes to turn Staples Center into a building full of zombies. Then back home on November the 2nd, Saturday night, when the Warriors entertain their NorCal rivals, the Kings, and that means the talented and mercurial DeMarcus Cousins. Feeds Cousins, going strong from the left side. He's fouled and he's got the basket. A set-up bounce pass from Jenna Fredette, and DeMarcus Cousins delivering from the left angle.
Golden State will follow that game up by boarding a plane on Sunday, flying across the country to take on Evan Turner and the rebuilding Philadelphia 76ers. Turner, right side, three ball, bullseye. Evan Turner throws it down. 345, the airtime Warriors and Sixers on Monday. And then Tuesday night, that's right, a special Tuesday night Warriors weekly roundtable from Minneapolis as the Warriors get ready to take on the Timberwolves. Our weekly roundtable time, 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night, November the 5th. Hi, Tim Roy. It's going to wrap up the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Many to thank for this show. The producer who never says goodbye, R.C. Davis. Dave Feldhouse at the controls. Hi, Tim Roy. It's the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. The NBA season is upon us. Opening night tomorrow night against the Los Angeles Lakers. 7 o'clock our airtime on KMDR 680. Golden State Warriors basketball. Stolen by Iguodala. Right to Clay Thompson. Back to Iguodala. One dribble goes to the rim. And he scores with a right hand. For tickets, go to warriors.com. Or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.